welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. I'm with Dan Boring. He's the professor of guitar at Muhlenberg College and at Rowan University, which is in New Jersey, but he's living in Philadelphia. Dan, how are you? I'm great, Carl. It's great to hear and see you and talk with you again, man. Yeah, it's been, been a while. So um, you're, in, you're in Philadelphia now. Uh, I'm trying to think the last time I saw you. I'm not, you, you, were, you were already living there, but it's been several years. I mean, gosh. Yeah, least... we've been here uh, almost 20 years. Oh, my God, no. Really? Yeah, well, it's, it's going on, this will be the 19th year, so. And, and your kid's graduating high school? Is that... Yeah, well, he's eight, but he thinks he is graduating high school. Time flies, man. Oh, my it, gosh. That it does. So, so, so you've been there for about 20 years. I, yeah, I'm thinking, I mean, it's, it's, it's not been that long since I, I saw you. Um, and I, it, as, as is the case with many, many folks that I know, um, I know you from uh, working at, at the University of Cincinnati with, uh, with Claire Callahan and all that for the summer guitar workshop that she did for all those many, many years. And, and you, you were there, you were working on a degree, or no, your wife was working on a degree, you yeah, were teaching correct. the prep department at, at That's right. SECM. Yeah. Yeah. So we moved to Cincinnati in 1998. Okay. Uh, my wife and I met uh, in grad. I was in grad school, and she was going on to grad school um, in Ithaca, New York. Um, oh, that's from, right. Yeah, I'm from upstate New York as well, and she's actually here uh, from Philadelphia, not far okay. from where we live. And um, we moved to Lucca, Italy for a little while, and where that's where CCM has an, an opera theater there. Yeah. My wife is a soprano, and um, I went with her in the summer of, I, I think it was 97, 98, and stayed there for a while and was offered a job in the prep department at CCM in yeah. Cincinnati. And I kind of, uh, you know, was fresh out of grad school and with a new girlfriend that's urging me to move to Cincinnati. So I kind <laughs> and <a> of... job. <laughs> and a job. And a job. So uh, I followed up on that and we moved to Cincinnati right around then. Um, and then uh, soon after, you know, I started teaching in the, in the prep department at, at the College Conservatory of Music. Um, and then got uh, the head of the guitar department at the University of Louisville down in Kentucky. So okay. yeah, taught yeah. there for several years and had a great, great experience there. Were you commuting from Cincinnati when you were teaching over there? Yeah, I would go. Um, I actually ended up getting an apartment in Louisville and commuting. You know, I would go down for a few days and then come back. Sure. Um, so you know, so, everyone. So you're, you're you're spending your entire salary on the apartment. <laughs> uh, I I wasn't really. I have to say, thankfully, that wouldn't have been terribly logistically great. But um, 
a guy who's a staff accompanist just happened to have this great apartment. He said, you know, I'll I'll uh, rent by the night, and I don't want oh, any fantastic. permanent renters. Oh, it worked out incredibly Excellent. well. And then, then when we moved to Philadelphia, I commuted for a year, and this his name was Sam Hodges, um, wonderful man, would come and get me from the airport, you know, and wow, just a really interesting guy, and and uh, enjoyed the company, and I enjoyed his company as well, and also just having a place to to stay. Yeah. Wow! Um, so the, so, so you the, were flying every week between Philadelphia and Louisville for a year. Yes, um, I wow. did the unthinkable and resigned from my position at the University of Louisville. Um, <laughs> you know, some people die with these positions, but um, yeah. you know, it was one of these things that, that was a full time gig. Um, it was it was what they called primary adjunct, which okay. is what we I had benefits. I had sure. almost all the. You know, uh, accolades of a full-time professor, but um, without all the meetings. Right. Nice. <laughs> so that was wonderful. And then then the whole kind of bottom dropped out of the whole university system, and then they changed everything, and that was all taken away. Oh. We had a new dean there, and he said, well, this isn't going to work out. I said, well, that's great, because I actually I've already moved to Philadelphia. <laughs> and he was expecting me to just kind of say, oh, okay, you know, I'll yeah. take whatever you can give me. And sure. I said, no, thank you. Good for you. He said, man. well, let's let's not be so brash. And I said, I'm, I live in Philadelphia. <laughs> I said, I'll listen to whatever you have to tell me. And he said, let's, you know, talk about commuting. And at the time, this was like maybe around 2003 or something that... Yeah. Southwest opened up a hub here in Philadelphia that it was extremely cheap to fly back and forth to Louisville. So um, I would do it usually once a week or sometimes every two weeks. So that worked yeah. out well and made a transition. Oh. And were they picking up the tab for you, or did you? Have they to did travel. They did. That's it was amazing. actually excellent. Wow. It was great. Yeah, there. Yeah. I had uh, nothing but great experiences with the University of Louisville. Wow. And you and you gave it up just because you wanted to stay home and and be be with your family. Well, yeah, we decided. You know, we were moving back east at some point, and um, my wife would always come. And her family was here and do kind of recon trips to look at houses <laughs> and things like that. And yeah, you know, I kind of was on the fence, and I'm thinking like, well, I'm going to have to give up my job, and yeah, th that was the thing we. Really smart idea to come here and buy a house, and neither of us had jobs. <laughs> seemed, seemed pretty logical. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, you know, I think that, that that's the kind of decision that uh, you know, you're, it's made of faith, right? You know, you think, you know, yeah, you just kind if, of if you can do it, the property's going to appreciate. We'll find work. It'll be it'll be all right, you know. But you, you know, right. it's kind of yeah, scary it, to do it. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's pretty amazing how things, you know, kind of come forth once you kind of sure jump in and, you know, you're diving into the pool and you're hoping that there's water at the bottom there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so we moved here and uh, I got a job at a local community college, which is a fantastic place. It's called Montgomery County Community College, which okay. is literally right up the road from my house. Nice. So I started a program there, um, which is actually still going. I'm going while I still teach there, actually. Oh, wow. Um, do classes and private lessons and 
it's kind of like a, it's almost like a prep school for the local four-year institutions like Temple and where I also teach at Rowan and other places. And they have a really strong sound recording program. Um, A lot of diversity, which is great. Um, And so that's, that was really great. And then my, my wife, Megan, uh, started teaching at Muhlenberg College before I did. Okay. And she got that through a fellow opera singer and she was teaching there for about a year. And like I was saying how it's, it's incredible how things just kind of fall into place. We had dinner one night and, um, she was talking about, you know, how are you liking it here? And I said, well, you know, it's, it's cool and everything. It's not (laughs) what I just left, but, um, I said, you know, ideally it would be great if I could, you know, maybe direct some kind of like chamber ensemble and I don't know, maybe teach a theory class or something like that. Um, And wouldn't you know, the very next day, and this is no lie, the very next day, I get a call from my wife saying, you're going to get a call in about five minutes. Just say, just say yes. Amazing. And just on cue five minutes later <laughs> the head of the music department at Rowan University or uh, sorry at Muhlenberg College calls me and says um uh, one of our faculty members has had an accident and and she directs the chamber ensemble and oh teaches theory would you be willing to take it over wow <laughs> yeah so the <laughs> stars were in alignment for that and I actually still do that to this day Wow. So what's the chamber ensemble? I conduct the, uh, it's a chamber orchestra. Okay. And I've been doing that for, wow, about 15 years now. Wow. So yeah, I conduct, um, it's mainly a string ensemble. Occasionally we'll have, you know, other side instruments, sometimes flutes, oboes. Um, sometimes bring in other people as needed, but it's primarily yeah. a, a chamber orchestra. Of, so of all was strings. that was that a, a big challenge for you to to take something like that on, or did you have experience with with dealing with the repertoire and and that um, kind of a, a bit? Re- I mean, just from you know dealing with a lot of guitar ensembles, you know, that gave me experience in terms of uh, some conducting, but you know the sure. repertoire. Working in you know in chamber music, that's primarily what I do. I I don't really do a ton of solo guitar work, so I I really focus on or try to focus on collaboration, yeah, and chamber music, which I enjoy the most. Um, doing a lot of operatic work, you know, doing you know, playing continuo, especially sure. in baroque music. So we started off doing a lot mainly of baroque music, but okay. um. But just by doing it, you kind of get used to, you know, what what works. And it's also, it's an interesting uh, place. It's a private liberal arts college where our music program is not huge, but um, we offer music majors and music minors. And the majority of students are music minors. Most are right. um, doing uh, neuroscience, uh, right. pre-med, yep. um, very, very... Um, smart kids that actually just love to play yep those were some of my best students when i was when i was yeah small yes as are mine for sure the the majors were frustrating but the uh, the minors were like because they loved it you know they were so into it and exactly and you know yeah it was great yeah they love to be there 
and they just love to sit in a room for an hour a couple times a week and yeah. just play music and they're very good <laughs> yeah me too me too and they're very good which is amazing yeah. you know right. and that's because you know they're usually kind of you know coming out of high school they would be first chair in whatever sure. instrument they're playing yeah um and you know are smart well, to that's, get that's exciting pursue. that's really cool yeah, it's you, very interesting. Are you responsible for like maintaining the 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 um the library for that ensemble and and yes. and all of that stuff? Yes, um, wow. we have. That's a lot of work. Well, if you could see my office, you would you'd <laughs> say he doesn't do much work in the library department. <laughs> They're very concise piles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yes. So and they're very supportive and um it's it's a wonderful place to, to yeah. work and to teach and having the liberal arts environment there is is really great uh like you said that a lot of even my private students in classical guitar um are generally not majors um music majors. Some are, some aren't. Um, I and it, it was kind of a change going from, say, University of Louisville and CCM, which are you know, kind of you know regimented music conservatories. Right. Then going to a liberal arts college where they're like they can do whatever they want there, man. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that took me a little while to change gears. Yeah. Uh, not that I teach them any differently, but the the things that they can learn yeah. the different things are more interesting i, I think, think. The, the approach is is different you know and and i it it's funny because i think i think my the music majors that i worked with thought that i was really serious and and kind of stern and maybe a little mean you know <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and kind of demanding and and you know, but the the non majors all loved me. You know, I was like, oh, he's great. He's you know, be, be, I had different expectations of them. I didn't teach them any differently, but I had different expectations of right, them because they, right. had, they had different requirements. You know, mm-hmm. if, if somebody who's a science major is coming in, you know, to take lessons once a week, you know, he he can do what he wants, and I'll you know, it's it's like having a private student student out in the world. You know, whereas right. you know, my majors were they they were they were in a system. They had they had things that were expected of them, and and you know. The, so I was I was a little a little harder on them I think but you know sure. it's, it's just funny because you know, the, uh, the, uh, the the differences in perception about that you know uh, right and and the things not only repertoire you can teach but the instruments I mean you know I teach all things plucked and fretted basically there yeah. you know I I'll have a ukulele student or a banjo wow. student or a mandolin student oh cool. Um, I've recently begun playing the oud. I've oh had a couple oud students. Um, I have a few lute students as well, which is kind of more my forte. Yeah. But um, the oud was challenging because I just kind of started playing that. But that that's where you, um, I'm sure anyone listening that's familiar <laughs> with the guitar, you just have to maintain one lesson one or, ahead One or two of, lessons ahead. <laughs> and, and, and I, act I make, like you know what you're doing. Yeah, and then make sure I make no qualms about you know how much I know, or how yep. well, I'm. I'm quite adamant about how little I know. <laughs> but I know but, more um, than you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, but what's interesting, you know, coming from the guitar world, these techniques spill over into so many things and yeah, uh, different instruments. And you know, for example, I see a cello behind you, Dan. <laughs> oh yeah, that's strictly for show. Oh beautiful! I, I used okay. to play a little cello, not so much anymore. <laughs> well, that um, looks like a full size. 
It is. It is, but that's just a... I used to play yeah. cello, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. It's, just terrible. No, that's <laughs> something I certainly don't have time for. That's just... Uh, I kind of forgot that was even there. Um, but no, I and that's something I, I try to preach, especially to even, you know, music majors, is that yeah, yeah. you have to be uh, versatile. If you're going to make it in the music business, especially in the cool thing with the guitar, yeah. is that... You can be versatile. I agree with that 100%. I mean, like you, I know you played an Irish band. Um, yeah. I saw you're playing in a pit orchestra. You know, yeah. you. I, I basically, you know, it's uh, what I used to tell my students was if you get the call and somebody wants to give you money for playing guitar, you probably should be able to say yes to that. You know, and, and I've done, I mean, I've done all sorts of different stuff. Um, you, you know, and I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm good at any of it, but I'm good enough, you know. <laughs> Well, and also being cap capable, right? You know, it, you know it's and, and, like and being I haven't a plumber. embarrassed myself. Yeah, you know, it's a, that's it's like being is... a plumber. Is like I know a guy that's going to show up, yep. and you know, do the job and do it right yeah. and be dependable and be a nice guy. You know, I think yeah, I think and, that and, it, you know, a lot, what, of, a lot and, of times people ask me about my situation, and, and one of the things that comes up is like, well, you know, I've been in the same city working for about twenty five years. And I haven't screwed anything up too badly to the point where, you know, I mean, I, I show up on time, I return phone calls and emails, and mm -hmm. I, I try to be nice to people. And that goes a long way, you know, but it's uh, a, a but very it, long know, way. But back to that, that thing of, you know, taking gigs. I mean, that, that's, that's what I would tell my students. Like, hey, man, I, that, that's really cool that you're into this and love it and want to specialize in that. And that's great. And you should do that. But take the blinders off and look at all this other stuff, too, because, again, right. when that phone rings or you get that email, you want to say, yes, yes, I can take that gig. And you want to do so, like, and not lie to people. I mean, you know. You and also when confidence. to say, no, I, that's beyond my capability, but yet yeah. I can recommend someone that might be. Exactly. That's yeah, important that's as well. Really, really important. And I, you know, I don't know what your background was, was, was like as far as that was concerned when, when you were in school. But when I when I was a student, none of that was talked about by anyone at any point in time. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it, was, it just it just wasn't discussed, you know. Playing guitar in a pit orchestra, electric yeah. guitar, even? <laughs> How dare you? The devil's wand. <laughs> <laughs> and and I did, you know. And of course, you're young; you don't think of it. And and I had, you know, I was I was concentrating on the music that I was working on and and trying to make my technique better and and thinking, you know, I didn't really actually. I don't know that I thought about my future at that time much at all. You know, I, I, I just kind of like, oh, yeah, it might be nice to have a college job one day. That could be kind of cool. You know, and in a way, there was, there was, some, there was some innocence or naive, naivete about it that was I, not, not entirely negative, you know. Um, and I think I had the attitude of, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. And, and when I'm done with this, um, the money will start flowing. Oh, well, I'll figure out what to do then. But like, I always looked at it. I always looked at my studies as like, I have this opportunity now. I'm going to yeah. take it, and right. you know, no matter what happens after this, you know, if right now this is what I'm going to do. So, but you know, it, like it's it's interesting because I think there's been a generational shift, um, and in, in a very positive way. You know, people oh, are talking about these kinds of things now, and we have we have classes people can go to and talk about like how to run their business and, and mm -hmm. you know dealing dealing with all of the. Uh, the technical aspects of, of being a musician nowadays and, and dealing with, with the legal aspects of, um, 
you know, the big performing rights organizations and, and copyright and all of that mess. And, and you know, I, I, I learned all that stuff by doing it, you know, and, and sure. it was, you know, <clears throat> thank God for Google and talking to people and that kind of stuff. But that was, that was way, way after I had, I had already been working, you know. Um, sure. And there's so many different, that that's, that's changing. So many different days. facets of the industry that you can move back and forth into. Right. And again, the beauty of the guitar is its versatility is that, yep. you know, um, at the University of Louisville, you know, a long time ago, music therapy was a brand new budding industry, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and I worked with Barbara Wheeler, who was kind of the, the very ground level of that, teaching guitar classes for that. And now if you look oh, at cool. any job hunt or search or whatever, what is the most request, one of the most requested is music therapists. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge thing that you can have a steady job doing it. Now, are you on stage performing Bach Lute Suites? No. Uh, well, maybe you might be, and that's cool. T- that's cool too. Um, and there's, you know, but there's so many different things. And again, as you know, I, I'm not telling anything you don't know, but you know, teaching the discipline of of learning an instrument in a formal way how to yeah. practice how to manage your time how to get along with others play well with others <laughs> hopefully be cool to others yeah. um and it comes back in ways you know uh, as you are familiar with you know you teach at college during the semesters and then in the summer very often go do these workshops like yep. that's how we met you and i met um I good example, cup several different stories that I like that are just recent. You know, uh, one of my uh, students from a workshop out in I would back. Well, I was kind of living in L.A. back and forth between Cincinnati and Los Angeles, and um, one of the students out there, you know, dropped me a message not long ago, a couple years ago, actually about four years ago. Said, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while. Just want to give you a heads up. Uh, I'm still playing. And unfortunately, I'm not doing much classical guitar anymore. I actually started playing bass for a band. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> he goes, but the good news is, is my first gig is opening up for Guns N' Roses. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, okay. That's pretty cool. And now he's on tour with uh, Eddie Van Halen's son. It's a band called Dirty Honey. It's fantastic stuff. Wow. It's kind of like, you know, ACDC or Led Zeppelin rock stuff. Huh. Very cool. Um, another one of my students just last week, no, two weeks ago, made his um, his debut at the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, wow. Um, it got a standing ovation. He's in a band called Everett with another, uh, another guy. They have a duo and... You know, stuff like that. Another student from here in Philadelphia is in a band called Get the Lead Out, a okay. Led Zeppelin tribute band. Yeah. Who's absolutely amazing. And these were all amazing. classical guitar students with you? All classical oh, guitar fantastic. students. Love it. I love it. And, you know, it, it's a matter, and, you know, you see these guys out there doing great stuff. And it's, yeah. is it is it classical guitar? No. But it comes from that, the discipline, the sure, study. Absolutely. And and knowing how to collaborate and knowing, you know, having some serious study under your yeah. belt, and then God forbid you actually have fun with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you no, know? it's 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 yeah, absolutely true. You know, and I think that's for for me that's one of the things that, you know, 
again, I, I'm like, I do a lot of different things, much different levels of, of virtuosity, I guess is the way I would describe it. But like, you know, having, having that discipline and, and understanding how to approach something and, and having that just the technical background and the, and the, the ideas about how my hands work makes them make makes it so adaptable you know if, if i need mm -hmm. to then figure oh here's a style i haven't done before let me figure this out i've got a lot of tools in the in the toolbox so to speak that's you right know? and I, I always talked about talk about that with a lot of my students as well it's like look you know i i don't i'm not i don't care if you ever play a solo classical guitar recital that that's not even yeah, like, even my majors that was not what they did for their recital program. So I, mm -hmm. I, was, I was very clear about that. It's like, you know, yeah, I want you to do some of that, but I also want you to do this, and you had to play something on the electric guitar, and I want you to do something with a singer, and, you know, something with a with an ensemble, and I want you to do some chamber music, and, and they would go nuts. They would be like, you've got to be kidding me. And I was like, no, because this is what you want to do when you're out there in the world. This is what you have to do when you're out there right. in the world. If you, if you have any, any hope of making a living, you know, and um, so it's... But, you know, the, that ability, and I would, I would say, you know, get in touch with your hands and know how they work and, and know how to, how, to, how to do that. And then you have to concern yourself with, with the finer aspects of style. You know, what, what, what does rhythm mean in, in this style? How, what does articulation mean in this style? You know, mm -hmm. how, how can you make it that style authentic? But if you have that technique behind you, and you and you know how to use your hands, then you know you don't have to you don't have to reinvent all of that stuff. Absolutely, it's really right. Really, a powerful resource for it. So, yeah. it's funny, you know, you you mentioned the student of yours who's who's playing bass now, and I would always think, you know, that that was always a big piece of advice too. Is like, you know, make sure you know how to play bass because bassists can find work. Bassists and pianists can always find work, you know. They're, oh, they're absolutely. All over the place and everybody needs one <laughs> all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Guitar players are, are dime a dozen, especially some places, you know, it's like, but, you know, the, the, the bass players work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in, in their shows, they even give them a bass solo. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that? Who does oh, that? People have to go to the restroom <laughs> at some point. <laughs> You know, I've I've seen it, uh, you know, on YouTube stuff, and it's actually quite good stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Oh, so, fantastic. talk talk to me a little bit about all the different like um, instruments that, that that you that you do. I know that I I've seen you play um, fiorbo. I've seen you play nineteenth century guitar. I think I've seen you play baroque guitar. Um, mm -hmm. I think I've seen you play Renaissance lute. Um, yeah, so, so talk about that and talk about how you got into that and how you're exposed to it and, you know, how, how, how you manage that in terms of, you know, like what you focus on and, and how, how that all plays yeah, out in so your professional life. After, well, during graduate school in Ithaca, I was in an, uh, you know, collegium ensemble, which we didn't have any instruments at the time. So I played guitar. I played continue on just regular classical guitar. On modern guitar, classical guitar. Wow. Which worked pretty well. Um, okay. You can do it. And sure. then, you know, this was back in, what, in like 1998. There there wasn't YouTube or anything like that going on. Um, so it was when, you know, that got me into it and realizing that 
what's written on the page isn't really what you do. And, right. You know, and I come from a rock background, you know, playing electric guitar and improvising stuff. Which is kind of like playing continual. <laughs> it's exactly like playing continual, except it's like improvising with a bass with like a, a, and I'll never forget when I first moved to Cincinnati where there was a Theorbo there and that was unheard of, you know, and I right. got it out of the, the closet and literally dusted it off and restrung it and <laughs> taught myself how to play. And the beauty of it was that, you know, no one else played it. So they're like, oh, you play Theorba? Well, obviously you should play that. You know, you're in this oh, opera. Fantastic. You're playing this. Nice. So they threw me into every kind of conceivable situation. Yeah. Huh. And really that's kind of what it was like back in the, back in the real olden days. Um, is that you would sit next to your master and, you know, play along with them and they tell you when to play and when not to play. Right. Um, and, you know, things like that. CCM really got me into, you know, uh, doing that because I, I was the only one that kind of did it. So I was Amazing. involved okay. in my wife being in the vocal program. Sure. I accompanied, you know, every singer that... Perfect. Did lute songs or theorbo yeah. or anything like that, and certainly there's a lot of horrible stuff that came off <laughs> out of <laughs> my end. But I, you know, I learned that way, and that's yeah. the beauty yeah. of it. Is that's what was there, and that's what we were there for. Yeah. Um. So it was, you know, a lot of trial and error, a lot of hands-on practice. Um. And you know, in the I mainly do baroque music, but um. So in the Baroque world, you just don't play one instrument. Um, you know, if you're a theorbist, if whatever, it, the, you have to kind of go by what the music is telling you. Know, is sure. if it's a theorbo, you, you generally, you know, if it's secular or sacred pieces, um, Baroque guitar, you gen generally wouldn't use in any kind of sacred pieces. Right. But um, so doing that and just learning, you know, kind of some of the the continuo gestures and harmonies and then during the summers I would go to Cleveland for the lute lute society um mm -hmm. festivals there and spend a couple weeks there and take lessons with some of the greats like Nigel North especially yeah. um who's an amazing teacher and performer um so I got into that especially in Cincinnati that really really uh solidified what i wanted to do because i really love collaborating i love yeah. you know improvising and then playing continuo is is all that it's all yeah. that and more <laughs> <laughs> um so and you know getting involved in operas and and that was the whole thing is uh they just kind of threw me into it and of course that's when you right. like you're saying you say yes yep i had I no fire. idea yeah, yeah <laughs> and uh, luckily i would sit next to People that kind of did know what they're doing, especially, you know, harpsichordists and especially harpsichordists that, you know, you just kind of steal with your ears, you know. Yeah. And that, that helped a ton. So the more that I did that there, the more that helped a ton. I think there's, there's also this interesting thing that happens. Uh, and again, kind of getting back to this idea of, you know, being able to say yes or, you know, being able to show up and, and do something, you know, even even if you're not quite at a level of proficiency that you think, you know, this is where I need to be for this gig, 
again, having that experience and having those resources to bear, to bear, you know, I've been in situations where like, okay, yeah, I got to figure out what's going on here. And I do it pretty quickly because of, of the background that I've, that I've had in, in the training, right. you know, and, and it's, it, that's, that's really important as well. But it, and then that's how you grow. It's like, you know, nobody, nobody needs to know that I, you know, I'm learning as I'm, as I'm going here, but mm-hmm. you, you know, but you take care of business and you get it, get it going. And then, you know, it's only ever going to be that bad once. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. If you're paying attention, right? Right, right. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's yeah. great. That's really, that's 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 funny. So it wasn't like, it wasn't so much like a conscious thing where you're like, hey, I'm interested in this. I'm going to get after this and this is what I'm going to do. It's just you had the opportunity there and you're like, why not? Sure, this is cool. Yeah. Yes. And it, yes. it came together for you. Very much so. So, so then... you hadn't, you hadn't like studied lute as a solo instrument or any of that kind of stuff before no. getting into that no wow. I, I, what a cool, I actually kind of did it the op- that i did it the opposite way in 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 that that i started playing continuo first and never yeah. really played any solo repertoire Which in a lot of ways i think that's that's that makes a lot of sense you know well you know as we're all kind of are we're musical prostitutes <laughs> there, there, there's not you? a lot there's not a lot of money in solo loot recitals but yet you know if you want to make some money he put the money in. on the dresser i swear <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say but um no it wasn't you know and i i've supported myself essentially yeah. since i was about 15 years old I began teaching at a mu- yeah. local music store and have been doing that ever since. Um How old were you when you started playing guitar? I was I was about 12ish, okay. 11. Yeah. So I came to my brother was a very uh, amazing musician. He played Hammond organ. Oh so wow. He, yeah, he was in, uh, my older brother and unfortunately was killed in a car accident when I was about 5 and left me a couple of instruments. I was left with a Hammond uh, B5 organ. <laughs> wow. Gibson SG Custom. Beautiful guitar. Oh, my gosh. But um, I'm like, yeah, that's all cool. But I was really into uh, BMX, bicycle motocross. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, I loved that. And I was actually in my division, the New York State champion, when I was like, Amazing. Wow. Know, when's, when's the last time you rode a BMX bike? Uh, well, my neighbor, my neighbor's son has one and he, you know, here I'm like, I'm like, wow, it's a nice mongoose. And he's like, yeah. how do you know about this? <laughs> so I actually had to show him some tricks and he's like, oh, okay, my gosh. he's wow. legit. So I got, <laughs> I got some street cred through that. Um, and you didn't, and you didn't like break a knee or something. <laughs> no, I did have a hip replacement after that. No. <laughs> Make no mistake, I yeah. I thought I might, but <laughs> but I got into music after that, and I started playing guitar with one of my good friends who got a guitar, and I you know I got into music more and more through his older brother, yeah. and music was all always around, but I the thought of playing it never really I don't know I thought my brother was like he was too good and I could never match that, and I've recorded huh. it's just his keyboard playing was amazing, and um. I'm like I I can't I can't uh, equal yeah. that. So I'm was he working? Else. Was he was he out gigging and? Yeah, he yeah definitely. He actually played. He was from upstate New York and um, played a lot of the same gigs as Dio. You know, Holy Ronnie crap. James Dio. When he was in a band <laughs> called Elf, he's kind of from the same area where I'm from. Wow. Um, yeah, so he did a lot of stuff <laughs> like that, which was pretty cool. Um, 
but he did it kind of for fun, you know, and, yeah. and, um, anyway, I was left, my, my buddy got one of those Sears Silvertone guitars, Oh yeah. you know, that I think a lot of people get yeah. when they're like, yeah, sure. Oh yeah. You know, and I said, oh, I have a guitar too. And I opened up the case and he's like, <laughs> dude, you have like one of the best guitars around. And I'm like, this old thing. <laughs> um, so we took lessons and it was very frustrating because he was way better than I was. Huh. We took lessons together. Yeah. And that was really frustrating. And um, because he would get things like this in my, uh, this, this teacher was really into like Richie Blackmore and okay. you know, that kind of stuff, which I didn't really listen to a lot of at the time. And my buddy got it and I said, uh, you know, Okay, I'm I'm I quit. I'm just gonna teach. I'm gonna teach myself, and okay. I did. And you know, I always use the story that you know my buddy that was better than I am now manages a liquor store, and I played at Lincoln Center. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with managing a liquor store. Yeah. No. No, not at all. No, and we're no. still good no, friends. It's a noble, and, uh, noble profession. I yeah. Those people. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Probably makes a hell of a lot more than both of us could buy. <laughs> well, then there's that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I really got into it after that and, you know, formed a local rock band and did that kind of stuff. And then really got serious and went to a, a community college, actually, in Syracuse for a while. to Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue music. I was always kind of unsure of my yeah. abilities and talents, as I think we all are. And then realized... Yeah, I do want to do this, and huh. went to the University of Buffalo um, and studied with the Castellani Andreaccio duo. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, who are yeah. wonderful, wonderful teachers, wonderful people. Um, they were yeah. kind of like my surrogate parents for <laughs> quite a while. <laughs> um, did some programs in Italy with them and realized, yeah. you know, what it what it was to be a professional musician and yeah. also hopefully a, a good person. Um, and then went on to Ithaca and studied with uh, Pablo Cohen, right, a great right. Argentinian guitarist. Um, and then from there, you know, moved to Cincinnati and then right. we kind of moved around a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been a long, strange trip, but so it's did, a good did, one. Did you do any classical guitar before you went to college? A little bit, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I have no idea how to play this. I ha yeah. I actually had a classical and I would kind of noodle around and yeah. this is before, you know, you could download tab or anything and <laughs> my music ability, uh, reading abilities were okay, but it wasn't, I wasn't disciplined enough and that's why I went, I really loved my time at this, it was called Onondaga Community College in Syracuse. Okay. Um, and it made me realize again, I, I, I'm the type of person to be like, am I cut out for this or am I not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I really, once I got my collective, you know what together, um, <laughs> I realized, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So it was actually a friend of mine's, the bass player in my rock band, his dad has said my, the bass player in, in my rock band played uh, double bass and the orchestra could read okay. music very well. Yeah, yeah. His dad was a you know very smart guy, and he's like, y "You should be listening to this." And gave me interesting you know, Se Segovia uh, greatest hits 
kind of yeah. thing. And then was that really the first listening to classical guitar that you had ever done? Well, it, you hear it, and you know, and you think, well, how many people are playing on this? You know, with the right. age, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, it wasn't until I really had like a aha it was when I saw John Williams play on the Tonight Show. Huh. And he played Leyenda. Yeah. Um, and the the whole piece. I mean, yeah. nowadays they probably, you know, edit it to like three right. or four. Right, 30 seconds. You know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, that's one guy playing that. Yeah. You know, and that's like live and that's not overdubs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really amazing. That was probably, I don't know, 83, I don't know, in sure. the mid 80s. Yeah. So that was really amazing to me. So that is when I said that is cool huh yeah and and, and you studied classical at the, the community college yeah and then i yeah. did that and was still kind of in a rock band and doing the thing and <clears throat> then you know finally got my stuff together and uh you did had you do four be, years at, at buffalo um i did yeah like three three-ish okay so yeah, yeah. I, I was actually a music ed major for a while. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I took a lot of music ed courses and um, realized that really wasn't my jam, but it yeah. was really a good way to learn different ways of teaching styles. Sure. And, and um, it was really a great experience. So I took a little time, then I switched to performance, and then took it from there. Yeah. But and I really you're... liked doing the ed stuff but it was you know it, it was not the path that sure but I you was... carry that with you now i mean that's that's experience that you had and and i'm sure that absolutely when, you know you're you're directing a chamber ensemble i'm sure there's some of that that is has filtered down you know and it, it, it's oh absolutely kind of horizons broadening type things you know yes it's really really important to yeah to again that, you know? the versatility is yep. is key for anyone that's into the business, even, you know, even today, I should say, especially today. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting too. Cause I just, I was, I, I'd forgotten about this, you know, um, maybe several years ago, there, there's an organization here in Columbus called the chamber music connection. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten into it because the, the woman who is amazing, one of the, one of the, she's a force of nature. She's like one of my heroes professionally. Um, a woman named Deborah Price. She um, she's adamant about like making sure that that her students are aware of how to improvise and how to play contemporary music because she's mm -hmm. she's dealing with these like freakishly talented young string players, you know, right? That are playing at the just the highest level, um, you know, and and she wanted to make sure that they knew, hey, you know, if somebody asks you to improvise over a twelve bar blues, you should probably should say, yeah, I can do that. Rather mm -hmm. than just, you know, you, you just played the Vinyoski concerto and you can't play a pentatonic scale. What? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's this yeah. weird kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so she, she started this program to teach those musicians how to approach this thing. And, and again, not with the goal of making like great, you know, improvisers or anything. Just you know, like, hey, check this out. Play around with this. Be informed, you know. And that's how I got involved with the organization. And there was one day where... I was leaving the building after teaching and somebody ran up and they said, Hey, we need a coach for the string quartet. Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. You know? Mm -hmm. And and it was great. And so, and I did a lot of that and it was so much fun. It was really, really cool. But you know, that's, 
I, I, I hadn't even thought about that for years. But, you know, I played violin when I was in school. You know, I haven't played violin seriously for decades. But, right. you know, I went through the school orchestra program. And so I, I knew things about that that I could... Mm -hmm. I could do that. So, you know, that that wasn't a foreign experience for me to go and coach a string quartet, you know. Right. So it was okay, and I actually knew some stuff, and it was really cool. Um, but, you know, what you just, you know, what you said about the, you know, your music ed degree and having that background and whatnot and having those, you know, having all of that that broad horizon that you can filter down and, and you know, be versatile right. with. You know, that it's, it's it, I just, you know, just, just remembered that. I was like, wow, yeah, I, I did that. That was kind of cool. That was a lot of fun. Um but absolutely yeah but it, it's all everything all those experiences you know you like you you, you you collect them and you bring them to bear and that's that's fantastic so mm -hmm. correct i agree so very much and, so. so you've been you've been to italy you did, did you said you lived there for a while but mainly summer programs we do like f like f between three and four months at a time oh, fantastic and come back and you know through guitar and then the one in Luca, which happens to be our son's name, Luca. Yep. Um, and that was I was the only guitarist, so oh, that was wow. great. So they kind of again threw me into everything that huh. was around, and um, then what, was it? A, was it a vocal program or just a, primarily a vocal program? Okay. Wow. Yeah, but but there was orchestral musicians. There was an opera program, um, and some instrumental huh. components because Luca is a very it's where Boccherini's from, Puccini's yeah. from there, um, Alfredo Catalani, a lot of uh, yeah. very famous musicians. Paganini lived there for a while with Napoleon's sister. Oh wow! So, um, <laughs> in fact, that's where Paganini took time off of touring and concertizing on the violin and, and essentially kind of shacked up with Napoleon's sister just to focus on guitar. Fantastic. Yeah, Chicks dig so, guitar. I mean, we, we all know this. You know, <laughs> and if you could see the palace that he was, this palace, a real palace that he was hanging out in, you'd probably say, I might stay here a couple of years too. <laughs> wow. Amazing. But, um, yeah, so I, I, they said, you know, you're doing all this stuff. Why don't you, you know, organize a couple chamber music concerts and oh, fantastic again, just thrown into it, and you're know, they're like, yeah. okay, I can do that. So, for that program, was did you have to? I mean, you said you were the only guitarist, but was it was that door open for you, or did you have to like knock on it and say, hey, I'm a guitarist and I want to go to this program? Well, it was before before I even left there. We were kind of tossing the idea. My my girlfriend at the time now my wife of over 20 years said you know you should come and she's amazing and thank you yeah she is she is amazing <laughs> actually um but she said you know talk to her soon-to-be voice teacher and said you know is there room for this and they said yeah that would be fantastic because there wow. there aren't any guitarists and uh so you kind of land and are like i brought a bunch of repertoire and yeah. Um, and said, here, we can do this, we can do that. And, you know, the, especially in Europe, they like to kind of have some ver almost like variety shows where, sure. you know, you, you do a guitar piece and then you do a piano, uh, you know, vocal right. piano or something, you know, which well, I really... I, th I think the, the, the concert tradition is much more that. Exactly. Than, than right. the idea of, here's one guy doing one thing. Sitting for there for uh, two hours, right. 
Yeah. Um, which I would rather watch some something with a little more variety, of and course. I think most people would. So. Yeah. But yeah, exactly that, and so they kind of let me do have free reign of whatever I wanted to do, kind of thing. That's cool. Which was great. Yeah, yeah and you know, gave concerts at Puccini's house and. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was ter- <laughs> terrible, terrible. Food, food is terrible. The wine is terrible. <laughs> Weather terrible. So, so did you did you do that event several years? We did that. Um, it's still well. It went for a couple years, and now then um, the the main guy uh, ended up dying, and now it's being redone again, but just through mainly a vocal institute. So it's okay. still there through. It's not so much through CCM anymore. It's kind of like, um, it's called the Lorenzo Malfatti Vocal Institute. But it started through that. And, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's still kind of going, but mainly for vocals, which it always has been. But, sure. Um, and they have this amazing opera house there. It's a little small, you know, like, you know, that was kind of the movie theater of the time. Right, of course. Yeah. So um, it's an amazing place. Yeah. You know, so we've been back, and my wife has done some opera in Rome, and that's where I was before. Oh, fantastic! So we get back and forth, and as much as we can. Um, yeah. My wife and I still have our duo, which we we mm-hmm. try to do as much as we can. My wife was just promoted to the head of arts and uh, performing wow. arts at a local at our school. That's a private school where she has taught for the past eight years and my son goes there and so oh cool it's a very cool um it's an art really, school it's not strictly arts but they have okay. a great arts program oh, um wow. and so we've just done and so she just got her doctorate a few years ago right and part of the project was to go to uh, we spent some time in cuba we spent wow was it, three years ago uh, we spent the summer in cuba Amazing. Doing, uh, we did a few concerts, and then we did, um, we studied uh, Afro-Cuban drumming and dance. Amazing. It was amazing. Um, and talk about some serious musicians is oh, that. yeah. Um, what I found really cool in Cuba was that they, uh, they have a musician's union that's part uh-huh. of the government, yeah. and that um, they don't believe at all in like say you go to a cafe there's no music on the radio yeah. it's all live musicians yeah yeah so it's kind of like you know like nashville you'll go to play you know at a gig from like 10 to 2 and then yeah. walk down the street and play the next cafe and you're working from oh, 10 until 2 in the morning you know wow. and these guys are just amazing oh, yeah wow yeah so yeah, we how, did long, record- how long we, how long were, how long were you in cuba um, it was a little over a month. Yeah. Right in, right in Havana. And, um, it was amazing. Yeah. So we, and we did a recording of that and her doctoral project was comparing George Gershwin and Ernesto Lacuona. Huh. Um, and we did a recording of that, which ironically, neither of them wrote any guitar music. Right. <laughs> so, um, but it's a lot of it is very guitaristic, uh, especially Laquona's music, who's a yeah, yeah. Cuban pianist mainly, and then would write uh, songs that fit incredibly well on the guitar. So I did a whole album of arrangements of Gershwin and Laquona. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so that came out uh, three, four years ago. Okay. Something like yeah. that. Um, How many recordings so, have you guys done together? 
We've only done a couple with us. Okay. Um, we did an Irish album many, many years ago um, of 19th century Irish tunes, uh-huh. some Giuliani solo arrangements of Irish tunes, a lot of um, Thomas Moore melody oh. kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a long, long time ago. And then we both uh, recorded, I've recorded, uh, I don't know how many albums with... Um, with my group here in Philadelphia, Vox Amadeus. Um, okay. I can't tell you. I'm looking over a stack of them, probably <laughs> 10 to 12. Oh, fantastic. CDs of those. Um, uh, many different things. Uh, Bach, Handel, um, Vivaldi. That's a, that's, a, that's a chamber orchestra? That's the that's the Baroque orchestra that I play with here in Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the it's called Vox Amadeus, and I play... I'm a continual player with them. So we have a pretty active season. Um, yeah. And uh, we haven't done a recording in probably f- three years, maybe four years. And, uh, um, but uh, usually we'll do one recording a year, uh-huh. um, if not a couple. Um, and so we do, what's kind of interesting about this group is it has different subgroups. It's called the Vox uh, Renaissance Consort, which we do oh, okay. kind of um, Renaissance and early, early Baroque music. Then it's the Camerata Amadeus, which is um, a little bit bigger, uh, depending on the repertoire. Then there's the Amadeus Ensemble, which is a expands into a big orchestra in which we do, um, usually I play with them, I play banjo. Um, oh, wow. With usually in the in the Gershwin concert, okay. we do yeah, some yeah, yeah. Gershwin. We always do like Rhapsody in Blue, and there's yeah. a couple other things sure. that have banjo parts. Um, and but we mainly do you know focus on Baroque music, so it's Very kind cool. of interesting that we have different subsections, yeah. and it's it's a smart it gives, smart way to do it. You know? Yeah, it gives a variety, and we do it in different locations throughout the city. Um, uh, you know, in Center City, which the downtown Philadelphia, and then the surrounding suburbs, um, there's a lot. It's a pretty big city, so there's right. a lot of suburban areas that we go and play to every kind of corner. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. So and we how, have, how did you how did you get into that? Um, <laughs> well. A, a guy I was teaching next to at Muhlenberg actually is one of the singers Okay. in there. And I saw, and it was when I first started teaching there, and I'm like, I don't I don't know uh, this group. How could I not know this? And he's like, <laughs> oh, you should, you should, uh, you know, talk to them. Here's this, uh, uh, our contractor, his name is Bonnie. She plays harpsichord as well. And it turns out I'd played with her oh my for this Philadelphia Bach Festival kind of thing. And she said, oh, yeah, we'll, you know, keep in touch at some point. And <clears throat> so, and this is how you, we were talking yeah. about, you know, being ready for one of those calls. And yeah. I, I remember it very distinctly that it was a Tuesday and she gives me a call and says, you know, we're, we need a Theorbo player for um, the opera Dido and Aeneas. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, great. Cool. That's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, and she said, yeah, so are you available? And I said, well, when is this? And she said, Friday. <laughs> no, Friday. This is Tuesday. <clears throat> and I said, well, uh, 
<laughs> I'd actually at that point never played the opera, but the kind of the dork that I am actually was very familiar with the opera. Sure, I knew all course. the music. Um, I knew it very well, actually. And that's one of where I was just saying, you know when to say no. That was yeah. one of those where I'm like, yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> so the, the performance was at on Friday at the Kimmel Center, which is kind of Philadelphia's, you know, Carnegie Hall. Yeah. No pressure. And then it was with Julianne Baird, who is an amazing, oh, wow. um, very famous early yeah, yeah. music singer and a sweetheart of a woman. And then then they're like, oh, yeah, and by the way, then Saturday we're going to record it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was one of those, yeah, okay, I'll... Fantastic. I'll get to yeah. it really quickly. Yeah. Um, but lo- again, luckily, I really knew that music before I'd, sure. I'd even played it. And sure. In continual playing, that's one of those things that You're I don't want to say. I, what's that? You're working by ear as much as you're doing anything Yeah, else. and you know, it's yeah. one of those things that you just don't sit down and practice for nine hours to get a, you know, like a recital together. It's like right. you kind of, you sit down and you improvise, you know, and I'm sure you've worked in an orchestra. It's always, I always pick on the violinists where they sit yeah. down and they open up, you know, their case and look, look on the music stand and say, well, what are we, what are we performing tonight? Right. Right. And I always hated those guys because I'm like, <laughs> you know, here we are guitarists practicing for a thousand hours to present yeah. like a, you know, 45 minute recital. And they're like, I don't even know what we're playing. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm one of those guys now. Yeah. You know? But I, but it's true. Once you kind of get into a groove and then, you know, we have usually two rehearsals and then a performance yeah. and, you know, first rehearsal, you certainly have your pencil out and make right. notes of what you got to practice Stuff and you got to look at. Yeah. Yep. And then second rehearsal, hopefully you polish that up. And then the third rehe- uh, rehearsal, which we call it is a performance. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's, I, yeah, that's how it but goes. it's great. You know, it's one of those things that once you get it down, it's, it's no. You know. Was 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 there someone who was doing doing the the, the continual before you, or the, there wasn't. They didn't have a continual wow. player at all. Well, oh other than gosh. the harpsichord. Yeah. Um. There's another group here in Philadelphia called Tempesta de Mare, which is um, again, a fantastic baroque group. Um. And Richard Stone, who's a amazing, oh, yeah. uh, Theorbo continual lute player. Um you know, just a, an amazing guy, an amazing player. So, but we kind of have, it. what's kind of cool is it's a big enough city that we have, right. you know, different followings, yep. different yep. kind of areas. We play different things we do. Sure. Um, so it's, it works out. It's big enough. And if, you know, we need something from each other, a Theorbo emergency yeah. or um, <laughs> <laughs> Richard blames his, uh, <laughs> Now addiction to Baroque guitar on me because he he didn't oh, really play Baroque guitar and he was doing something where he I'm, I'm, absolutely I'm needed. I'm so proud it. of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, can I borrow your Baroque guitar? And I'm like, absolutely. And and then after that, what uh, I can't remember what concert they did. It was like everyone said, I need I need now to get a Baroque guitar. And now he's he's hooked. <laughs> so I understand not, that. That's yeah. Yeah, it's a great instrument. And. It's one thing that I have to say is, you know, we all, I've done the, the Vivaldi concerto, you right. know, the D major, kind of everyone does. I've done it, I, I don't know how many instruments I've done it on. Modern <laughs> modern guitar, I've done yeah. it on Renaissance lute, I've done it on Baroque lute, which is kind of what it's 
geared towards, but just it, this past... Was, is that one of the Mandolino ones, or is that... Is no, it, it's, it, it's written for lute. Okay. The D major, the famous... Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just did it, and I, the conductor of our orchestra, the Baroque orchestra, is like, it's, it's never loud enough, this lute. You know, and yeah. I'm just... Just yeah. bashing. The, the loot is never loud enough? What? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a shocker, right? Um, but I have to say, you know, and just knowing this conductor, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to try it on Baroque guitar. Um, and I got to say, it's the best version I've ever done because it projects and it's just like, and you can stand huh. while you play. Yeah. Um, I just did this, well, this past April, uh, a that year ago. Like great on great fun. Oh man, it just fits so well. I mean, it makes obvious sense. And I mean, why not? The beauty you of know? what the way he wrote a lot of his stuff is that it's kind of interchangeable on different instruments. Absolutely. And, well, I, th I, I think that's probably. I mean, that was a function of his employment. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he was, for he was sure. utilitarian for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But I have to say that just worked out incredibly well. Which that's a great idea. That's really. Cool. I was just kind of rolling the dice to see how it. And it's kind of cool. He encourages this guy that runs the orchestra. He's like, yeah, I don't care what Let's you do. do <laughs> but I'll never forget playing that concerto. I'm having a little flashback right now, playing it on Baroque lute, which is an incredibly difficult instrument. Yeah. Um, and he's conducting, and I could, he's mouthing louder, louder. Oh, God. And so as I go I into this, I could. <laughs> in this solo section... I just dug right into it, oh, wow. and I played it so hard that the, that the string popped out of the nut. Oh, fantastic! And I could—I thought I broke a string. And I'm just thinking, "Hello, where are you, string?" And I just kind of <laughs> popped them back in and kept right on playing. Um, I'd like to say I didn't miss a beat. I missed probably a few, but um, <laughs> I'm sure it sounded made... fantastic. Oh, uh, I'm not sure, but did it make any boing sounds? <laughs> no, it was it was pretty subtle, but. I'd prefer not to go through that again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, my experience is that the lute responds very, very well to a heavy rust stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's one For of my sure. favorite sounds. <laughs> right. As right. it's being thrown in the fire. <laughs> right. I was going to say, a heavy rust stroke right back into the case. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really cool. And so and is that... How long have you been doing that? What's, well, you said you, you recorded a bunch of CDs with them, so you must have been doing uh, that. Yeah, I've been playing with them. This is going on about 15 years now. Yeah. So, That's and great, it's, man. That's yeah, it's so a great, cool. it's an interesting group, great, great group of people. We have a lot of camaraderie. Yeah. It's a lot of Ro mainly Romanian players. Um, wow. Yeah, so a lot of the conductor's Romanian, a lot of our huh. orchestras from Romania that currently live here in Philadelphia. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's a great, interesting group of people, as you can yeah. imagine. A cast of <laughs> characters, um, for sure. And it's one of the, you know, one of the cool things is the mandatory social functions after. Right. Um, and if you so don't you know, go out... You know a lot and, about Romanian food now, I'm sure. If you don't go <laughs> out and eat and have a few drinks with them, the people get really mad. Yeah. Be, I, 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 that's okay you know they which i think that. is wonderful because as you know <laughs> a lot of um artistic experience comes from hanging out you know yeah, and meeting absolutely. people after the shows after the performances after the presentations and when you, you can know, kind of exchange 
ideas and jokes and life. Absolutely. That was, I mean, that was actually the, the original idea behind this podcast was let's, let's get some of that going on, you know? Yes, I agree. Thinking about capturing, you know, capturing that thing that happens, you know, after a concert or after a rehearsal or a class or something where, you know, you're comfortable, you're, you're enjoying yourself, you're having a drink or two, you know, Mm -hmm. having something to eat, just hanging out. I thought about all the things over, you know, the course of my career that I've learned in those kinds of situations just valuable you know really really that's the stuff it's you know oh it is that's that's the more memorable stuff usually for sure you in fact are involved in indirectly in one of my most famous stories that has become oh we have pretty well infamous through the guitar world that (laughs) wherever i go i'm like you got to tell the story Oh, tell the story and it was the one after uh, you know the one of the ccm workshops which we were hanging out at across the street at Christie's Beer Garden, yeah. right? And I dropped off Stanley Yates and your buddy Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and went home down the street to my apartment and pulled in. And uh, to make a very long story short, a woman, you know, who I, I pulled into my garage and heard screaming. And I thought this woman was being assaulted, came out and, well... She wasn't being assaulted at all. She was having a baby in my front lawn. Amazing. And uh, I kind of thought, well, this is going to be a good story tomorrow. <laughs> like, I called the ambulance and everything, kind of just joking around. And wouldn't you know, that baby uh, shot out right into my arms <laughs> on my front lawn. And, and um, I could go on and on. This is quite an intricate story, but... You were there indirectly. You were there with, right before that happened, and um, yeah, and I, I, I yeah, I, and I, I remember, remember the next actually, day is like what happened last night. Yeah, and, and it was you, you and Stan. I think we all had to do a, a, a I don't know a nine o'clock technique class. Yeah, and I can't. I, I'm telling you, after that, I couldn't go to sleep. I was just up until like six in the morning. Like, oh my god, I just delivered baby. <clears throat> did, 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 was the baby named after you? Um, I can tell you that I never saw those people again in my life. <laughs> it was like, did that even really happen? Amazing. It that's, was, that's yeah. And so, like, you and Stan both said, hey, great night last night. I said, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anybody who got less sleep in a night than Stan and I did at that workshop was really working hard to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. we, would, we, would, we would go out, of course, you know, and then, and then Stan, Stan and I were sharing a suite at the, at the, at the dorm. Mm-hmm. We call it a suite. We had separate bedrooms with like a common area and bathroom. Yeah. And of course, we come back from carousing, drinking, you know, closing the bar down and then we'd have to sit there and, and solve all the world's problems for the next couple hours. You know, I think then, we call those artistic exchanges, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> again, again, I, you know, the things that, things that, that I learned from those experiences, you know, I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but you know, very valuable stuff, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, the lubrication, you know, you know, maybe it was got a little carried away, but I remember most of that. <laughs> <laughs> the key parts you do. 
I'm absolutely the key parts. The rest of it just kind of goes away. So yeah, I, I think that, so that that year that you delivered the baby, that was <laughs> that was a really momentous year. Was that the same year that uh, the karaoke night happened and the basketball camp on the floor below was was creating quite a ruckus and we got. I believe that it. was the case. Yes, and it was that was not the same year that I got sick. No. Okay. I don't think that was the case. That would have been a tremendous year all crammed into. Oh yeah, that that would be too much to <laughs> to cram into one summer. But but those those events and I I don't know how many years you you did that that workshop. But I I, Quite I did a few. It for about twenty years and not as Stan, many as you. But Stan was in there for ten or twelve of them, and and we it's funny because we talk about it now, so we still talk about this. You know, there, there was this period, like at first it was, oh, it was exciting and it was vibrant and it was cool. We were really into it and it was like, this is great, this is great. And as with anything, as time goes on, you know, the shine wears off a little bit. You know, I still right. loved doing it every year, but sometimes it was, it felt a little bit more like work than others. And, and it was a heavy workload. Um, yes. And so there was this kind of middle period where, you know, our attitudes was like, oh, wow, this is grueling. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And I don't know, I don't know what transpired, but I was driving down there one year thinking about this and thinking, you know, we, we always ask this question, why do we do this? Why do we keep doing this? We obviously keep coming back. It's never right. a question. It's, not, it's It was never like, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. It was always like, yes, please, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just remember driving down there one year and and thinking, we do this because every time we do it, it changes our lives. Every single time. Yeah, very you know? true. Some something it, ha something momentous happens. Somebody shows up. Something you know. Every year, something memorable would happen. And what a, an amazing like coalition of people: the students, the faculty, the, the the guest artists that would come in. Everything. It was just like all this stuff would come together, and a spark would be lit, and whoosh! It was just fantastic. Yeah, every that's single cool. year. To see you know. the, the variety of people, like as Claire would always say every year that, you know, these people don't belong together. Right. <laughs> these right. people, if you saw these people on the street, they would never talk to each other yeah. generally yeah. until you bring the guitar into the, the, the quotient. And, and then we're off. And then suddenly them. everyone is, you know, in the same boat and you have a, you know, 85 year old man talking to a you know, a nine-year-old kid, and they're on the yep. same level that, you know, and they're all brothers and sisters of the guitar, which is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, you have musical experiences, you have personal experiences. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and it's, it's it, it, you know, it, I got into it, like, I was just a young whippersnapper looking for work, you know. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was just kind of, you know, throwing cards out of people as much as I could and I was, I was backstage with her at a concert and I had just heard about the workshop and was like hey if you ever need anybody you know right and, and she took me up on it and then it, you know like completely completely changed a lot of things for me you know just in terms of the people that I, I interacted with the people that I met the people I got to play with just, it's just all everything and it I would never have imagined that that, that was going to happen there's no you can't you can't like you know I, how, do, how do you do that but it was you know but that was the thing it's like yeah we do this because this changes our lives every single time. And after after that revelation, it was like just this is joy. You know what's going right. to happen this year? What's what's sure. what crazy crazy stuff's going to go on this year? What what amazing stories are we going to have to tell next year? You know, right, right. And, and it was it, it was fantastic. And and 
it's you know the old uh, old adage of you know you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing um you know we we, we kind of saw the writing on the wall as as it was kind of coming to its its close and then the year that uh it was it, it was supposed to be postponed you know they were they were right. doing some facilities work over at ccm and and that idea that it was it was going to be postponed and we kind of knew it was like ah probably not coming back and that right. was, that was that's what happened you know and yeah. you know i always think i always think about that it's like you, everything everything has to come to an end you know mm-hmm. at some point in time and 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 yeah pay attention to what you got when it's happening cuz it's going to go away one day you know and i just you know i i, I think that's that when i think about that event that that's always like really really present for me you know so absolutely and and great, i great met times. you through that event which is you know I mean exactly, that in yeah. and of itself, right there, is gold. So, <laughs> pure gold, baby, pure gold. <laughs> That's awesome, Dan. It's it's been wonderful talking to you. Um, Same, Carl. Else, anything else we should we should talk about? Anything else you want to share, or anything else going on that we should know about, or how to find you, or any of these kinds of things? Well, you can always just. I have a website through Reverb Nation, and you can. There's a bunch of you know music you can some download or just play it live stream and things like that. I think there's a few cool. cuts on the, from the Cuban album and there's some videos on there. I'm not a huge, um, self promoter in terms of, you know, which I love a lot of my students are out there doing amazing things <laughs> that I'm just like, wow, that's where do you find the time for that? <laughs> um, I think it's wonderful. And everyone's, you know, in those, pandemic i did all this and i did all that uh i did not <laughs> um, i did a lot of you know zoom teaching um i tried to do some really cool zoom uh you know stuff through my orchestra that did not pan out it was incredibly difficult even with mm-hmm. editors and it people um so kudos go to those people that have done that i think it's yeah. incredibly hard yeah it's it's yeah that's a it's just it, skill set that uh you know those of us who who developed any of that you know i didn't want to <laughs> yeah i kind of didn't i kind of did but it was a way to it was a way to keep doing something and right. you know looking back at it it's like well i guess you know those 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 are good things to have interesting thing for me these days is this idea of you know why not like uh, let's have live concerts but yeah let's let's stream everything too let's do mm-hmm. both you know um and it's funny cuz i mean i guess the technology has existed to do that for quite some time and it's not that people weren't doing it but now in my brain it's 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 a much more like on the surface present yeah. kind of thing exactly like, you know, Somebody had mentioned that to me five or six years ago. I was like, "Oh wow, that's a really great idea!" And now I'm thinking we have to do this. Like right, everything exactly. that we do live should also be put online somehow. You know? And yeah, and I, I was did, very I lucky during the pandemic that our orchestra was playing almost. We had uh, half a season canceled, but um, we had to stream. We always do the the Messiah. Um, yeah. That was we had to do one concert without. An audience and live streamed, which I thought was perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, but we we were like the kind of the only working orchestra in Philadelphia during that time because we wow the surrounding counties would allow different ways of performing, you know, within the within sure. the pandemic. So I kind of lucked out that way um, in terms of 
not really stopping performing that much. So wow. amazing. Yeah, so we were lucky that way. But um yeah, so I'm just I'm really pretty busy with that with my Baroque orchestra there and, and directing the orchestra at school and, you know, teaching and hopefully we, we actually might be going back to Cuba um oh, possibly wow. either this summer or possibly next. Fantastic. So but you know that's one of these things, and you kind of keep steady work. And I always, when I moved to Philadelphia, you're like, I don't know too many people, guitarists from Philadelphia. <laughs> and the idea, well, now I get it because it's there's enough stuff going on that you don't have to go anywhere. Right. Um, sure. And you well, know, the, after the guitar society there is like really active. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so we have a really fantastic guitar society. Is um, is Brian what? His last name Eastman. Does am I remember Pearson? Pearson. Yeah, he's was a mem a board member there. Because um, he was a student we, of mine. He's a private student of mine here when he was a student at OSU. Um, oh, really? And yeah, yeah, I remember when he moved and like he got involved in the society like really heavily. And next thing you know, he's like, I, I think he was the president or something, you know, and. Yeah, yeah, we have, it's a, the society here is very good. We have a pretty active uh, roster of, of artists coming in. Um, very, you know, we have probably five, at least five concerts. And yeah. they haven't had it, obviously, in the past couple of years. But right. um, they have, you know, guitar orchestra. They have, you know, salon concerts. Yep. Um, and then we'll sponsor different things throughout different schools, you know, local universities and... And we have um, the concerts at the Settlement Music School, which is kind of a local Philadelphia uh, musical. It's one of the first community music schools in the country. Right. Yep. Um, yep. One of the oldest ones. It's now, I think, 115 years old, maybe. Wow. Um, you know, and that we have the concerts down in Center City at the main location where, you know, great artists like Quest Love went there. Um, wow. Kevin Eubanks that used to do the... Uh, you know, a lot of really famous musicians, some not so famous, like a guy named, uh, what's his name, Albert Einstein, some hack scientist. <laughs> he went there, um, played violin. Yeah. Yeah, he took lessons at the Settlement Music School here in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. All accounts, pretty terrible violinist. <laughs> but <laughs> he loved... Cut, we can we can cut him some slack. I mean, he... But he, I think he did strength, all right. He had strengths in other areas. I think areas. he did all right. But he just absolutely <laughs> loved playing and that's what i'm getting at is that's the beauty of it is you, you know you don't have to be a professional music uh a professional musician to fact, love maybe it you shouldn't be uh, and don't think that i don't think that i don't steer my students that way yeah they're like oh neuroscience maybe you should keep going with that i i used to tell my students if you can if you can remotely even consider thinking about doing something else you probably should do that you know, the, yeah, the only, and you know, as you know, the only way you're going to do this is if if you can't even think about doing it. Exactly, you're just, so it's, driven you're just, by it, you're just going to be drawn it. to it, and yeah. that's no other option. You know, and yeah. that's it's a calling. Yeah. Um, and if you have to, you know, consider it, I would consider not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's the beauty, though. You know, you have. I'm sure I know you have a lot of students. Like I have a several. You know, doctors, lawyers. Um, yeah. That's, that's you know, what I teach. That's those from all I teach different, yeah. you know, lines. 
It is amazing. I have a, a, a student who's a, a one of the most prominent vascular surgeons in the area. Yeah. And, you know, how can you imagine, you know, how hard is it to get an appointment with a doctor? But if I if I texted him right now yeah. about a question about the ood or something, he would text me in mid surgery is like, here's a site that you want. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So that you know, that's yeah. an amazing thing. So it's a that's wonderful great. thing, you know, in the in the to spread spread that yep. to people that can can do it for fun, you know, and still and really so, enjoy and it. It's so meaningful to them, you know. Absolutely, and, and that's, I get such joy from that, you know, and and just just seeing seeing their love for it and being able to facilitate that and and being a part of that world for them is just, I mean, it's. I couldn't ask for anything more. It's, it's, it's such a I agree. Thing. I agree, absolutely. And it has nothing to do with how well they play or how well they don't play or how much they practice. Or it's just the role that it plays in their lives and the importance and, you know, being a part of that is really, you know, it, that's, that's the stuff right there. It is, absolutely. And it spreads, you know, those are the people that come to your concerts and it's, yeah. you know, and not, not just that, but like you said, it's, it's, it brings such a joy to their lives that it's integral in their life, and that it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I love it. What a great place to leave it. I think. I think that what a beautiful thing. <laughs> I agree, Dan. Thank you so much, Carl. It's been my pleasure. It's great to talk to you again. It's been too long. Yeah, I agree. So thank you very much for your time, and best of luck to you. And best to you, man. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Take care, brother. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. <laughs>